0: right we're on we're live yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to getting it off her chest i'm jay delray and uh to all those people listening all those thousands and millions of people listening out there in itunes world and um youtube um here with the fabulous psychic julia george as i know her um julia and i have known each other for nearly two years I had a reading with Julia uh, a couple of years back and uh, when I was going through a really intense time and uh, she told me things at that reading that I really did not think were going to manifest and they did. (laughs) And I just felt your readings um, that I've had with you to be really um, helpful in guidance, like preparing me for stuff that I didn't know what was gonna happen. So um, for that, I really, truly thank you because I I almost felt it like Mm. you were my counsellor to a degree for a a time. Um, I've also done a psychic development course with you, which was absolutely fantastic and blew me away. And I've I've actually created a couple of friendships out of that uh, group that we had which has been really beautiful. And um, so I love your work and I really wanted to have people listen to your story about how you got into what you do. It's not only psychic work that you do, but you're also into astrology. You do body psychotherapy. You're a, yeah. You've done yeah. um, death doula work. Like you mm-hmm. are always studying something. So I'm I going am to always that. studying something. <laughs> you are, right? You, you love learning. I do love learning.
1: I think it's my Pisces moon. Sometimes I can be a bit bipolar about it, but yeah, I yeah. do love learning.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I
1: wanted yeah, so yeah, I've done a lot of courses.
0: Just just um talk to you about how you got into doing what you do because you used to live in America. Um yep. and you in the political scene over there. So yeah. Just Talk to us about that.
1: So um, for me, it started when I was a lot younger. Um, I had an event that happened in my life when I was around nine and uh, I remember going out into the backyard, grabbing a hibiscus flower, some eggshells and grass and going out into the backyard and basically um, divorcing myself from my mother. Um, And so, like, I did my first spell at nine and it was just really organic and just, like, I knew what to do. So I've always, from a very young age, age been in contact with um uh the other side i mean that's the only way i can describe in terms of like how everything sort of got gets downloaded to me i didn't know that i was psychic i thought everybody could do it and actually they can but it was only in my teenage years that i was like oh i can see stuff that other people can't so i started uh, I had my first deck of tarot cards, I think, at 14, 15, and I would have touched them every day for a solid seven to nine years. I would do pull three cards or five cards in the morning. So tarot was sort of my first portal um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, started doing readings when I was 19, uh, went to Westfield, Caramdale in Brisbane, took a little card table and two folding chairs and some cheesy astrology scarf and used that as a tablecloth and started <laughs> doing readings. So then I wanted to try and, I've, for me, one of the big things in my life is trying to um, I, uh, understand people. And so mm. when I got into astrology, my first book, I think, was Linda Goodman's Sun Signs and then her Sun Signs and Moon Signs, and that was my Bible for a long term time. Just understanding somebody's sun sign and moon sign can give you a really great gateway into who they are. Um, and so, yep, then in my 20s um, I was doing readings and I was in the corporate sector. Um, then when I was, I think, 25, 26, I moved to London and I got to study at the Arthur Finlay College. Um, that's F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. It's still there. It's a massive castle um, that was bequeathed uh, bequeath uh, to the spiritualist union so there was a, a very famous psychic she was an alcoholic and when she passed um she gave basically her whole estate to the spiritualist union so there's basically a real life hogwarts in stansted in the uk where you can go and study mediumship how to bend spoons with your minds blah blah blah. but i did mediumship and so then i started um yeah tuning into other people and that's really how i got started
0: Right, so that's uh, around the age of 26,
1: did you say? So, yeah, 19 to, to about 26. Okay. You know, I, the, the messages were clear for me. I knew what I was doing, um, yeah, but there was a part of me that really wanted to be normal and that's why I've sort of gone in and out of the corporate sector and yeah. I loved that work while it was there, but there was a part of me I hadn't experienced um after Obama got elected because I was working with him for a period of time and I was just like, no, I want to do more soul-centred and heart-centred work. Um, So I did two things to symbolise that. The first thing I did was get my nose pierced um, because in the political world or corporate world it was like no nose piercings. And I also got um, the tattoo of the Enneagram. Um, And these days I think anybody can have a tattoo in the workplace. But anyway, that was my sign of like I'm not going back. Rebelling. <laughs> rebelling. Well, not even rebelling. It was just a clear statement to the universe, like, this is my new life. Like, I'm done, I'm done with the corporate world.
0: Yeah. And how was it received, um, you know, you doing it absolutely what you love to do by other people that maybe didn't quite get you?
1: Well, within the family it was interesting. Like, you know, um, when I was in America, excuse me, <clears throat> I was married to an American, And uh, that didn't last long once I got over there. But I started working for a rainmaker. And a rainmaker is somebody who can um, fundraise large sums of money. So I was working for him and I was doing state, federal and national, uh, sorry, state, local and national fundraising. And that was very, very stressful. In the first year with him, I was put on high blood pressure meds. Within that year, they had doubled the dosage um i had workplace hypertension it was ridiculous um and so anyway i was about to resign and then we got um the democratic national convention so every four years in the states they have a big it's massive um you get 150 million dollars from the government for this four-day event plus you have to raise millions to put it on like it's ridiculous and so It was going to be historic. So in 2006 and 2007, you know, I'm doing fundraisers for, uh, you know, Hillary, the Kennedys, all sorts of stuff. Um, And then uh, in 2008, Barack Obama got the nominee. So we put on the National uh, Democratic National Convention for him. And so, you know, working with him on and off over the course of a year. I did his first ever fundraiser for his um, charity at the time, Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of how I, I got in with him. But, yeah, I was at the inauguration.
0: It was crazy yeah.
1: cool. So my family would always talk about that stuff, like, oh, Julia's doing this and Julia's doing that. Mm. Um, but then when I went out, like, it it wasn't to so the people who know me, they were like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. you, you're doing what you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And over so, a period of time when I lived in the U.S., when I was married, I actually turned it off. I don't think mm-hmm. I touched tarot cards for almost a year. Um, I was doing readings on the side just for some friends. But I remember when I was at happy hour one day and one of my girlfriends said, God, you look really happy. And one of my other friends said, oh, my God, are you finally leaving him? My ex-husband. I said, yeah. And they went, thank Christ, get your cards out. And um, so I think after those two events, um, it was really yeah. like I know what my my purpose is.
0: So yeah. Yeah. And so did you move back to the Gold Coast then? or um, When I came home from the States, um, I was in
1: Sydney for a little while and I thought because I'd been in big city, big energy, like I had to move to Sydney. And yeah, I was right. there while the dogs were doing quarantine and then what happened is I moved to a place called Seaforth mm-hmm. and I signed a lease and I was there two nights. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. My anxiety was through the roof. And I was just like, I've got to get out of here. So the poor dogs, I packed them up again, chucked them in my car,
0: and um, drove to yeah Gold Coast and I've been here ever since. right. So what is the um, what is the absolute most favorite thing that absolutely just makes your heart smile with the work that you do?
1: Mm, oh my God, <clears throat> there's so much. yeah. You mentioned body psychotherapy earlier. One of the things I do like now in my practice is the ability to help people through trauma. And that's actually why I studied body psychotherapy, because in my sessions, I was getting lots and lots of trauma clients. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to go to therapy. They just wanted to talk to me. And so I can't treat the trauma in an hour session but I can help guide them in a way. So one of the things that I absolutely love is when I see somebody, they're absolutely broken, they're falling apart, and they can't see what's next. And like you alluded to earlier, I told you some stuff and you're like, what? That's never going to happen. And then when something comes to pass and it's like, oh, my God. Um, I just put up on my Instagram stories recently a beautiful clip from the West Wing uh, TV series that was back in the 80s, the 90s, I can't remember. Mm. And there's this... um, Beautiful story that Leo McGarry, the chief of staff to the present, says in that in that um, TV series. And he, he's like, there's a guy in the bottom of a hole and a priest walks past and says a prayer and he goes, you know, God bless you, my son, you know, may you get out of there one day. And then I think, I don't know, a policeman or a fireman comes along and goes, oh, I'll, I'll go and get you help, you know, peace be with you, stay be there, I'm, I'm going to get you out. And then a friend walks along and jumps in the hole with the guy And the guy's like, what the hell are you doing? Like now we're both stuck down here. And the guy says to him, yeah, but I've been here before and I know how to get you out. Mm. And that's what I love doing for my clients. When they're at rock bottom, I know energetically how to try and either help them out or show them the next step. And then like the next time I see them, they might have one foot up and they're like, now what? um and so for me when somebody comes in and they can't see anything just to be able to give them that hope one of the things I love doing in a session not love but in the first part of the session I tend to do the doom and gloom stuff first because most people who are walking in have already got doom and gloom they're already fried yeah. I want them to walk out and I love it when I get a text message you know and into the day I'm going through my text messages and they're like oh my god thank you so much for my session I feel so much lighter for yeah. me that is everything um, yeah. You know, I like the text messages when people like, oh, you said this, this, and this is ha- would happen, and it has. You know, that's nice, but I think I have to take the good, you know, with the bad as well. Like someone's like, oh, you said I was going to meet a guy in May. Why am I still single and it's December? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's that aspect of it. But giving somebody lightness some positivity and also action steps You know, one of the other things I really love doing, I had a client like this on Sunday. She's in a messy, messy relationship breakup. And I just ripped the Band-Aid off. Like, you know, block him everywhere on social media. Stop it. Every time you look at Facebook, you're emotionally cutting. Like, what are you doing? And she was laughing, but it's what she needed to hear. So I wasn't mean, but I just, you know, gave it to her straight and also told her how to get out of or how to get off the train to crazy.
0: And that's what I love about you is you're, um, you know, you're just my style. You, you direct, you're honest, sometimes it hurts,
1: but I like
0: it that way because you get the truth, you know. It's not all yeah. pretty, it's not all about It's all you're going to live happily ever after because that's just not life, is it? It's full of no. shit. <laughs> well, one of my regulars yesterday on Instagram, um, she was
1: like, look, I've, had several sessions with you, these guys just blo- broken up with me out of the blue, are we getting back together? And I said, just send me a photo of him. And I was like, no, nah, it's done. <laughs> you know, like, but that's, I, I don't want to give people false hope. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you got to move on, I'll, I'll show you how to move on. And if they get their shit together and come back and they've done work on themselves, awesome. But,
0: yeah. I think that's what I like about your readings too, you know, because some people go to psychics and they just want to hear the good stuff um but I think with your readings you 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 have a balance but you also uh it's like you give tools or or you know do this this um or have you thought about doing it this way or you know um and that's what I liked because it's it's real you know and and it's constructive and helpful um and I I have. I've had a few readings with you, and and every step because we change often, and our situations yeah. change, and things happen, right? So, as yeah. I've gone along with the readings and guidance that you've given me through really fucking hard shit, um, really it's, hard, it's, yeah. And it's really just it's you've given, um, or your our spirits, our guides, right? So they're they're actually yeah. coming through you, and giving giving. Well, I've felt it's. It, it gave me hope and solace and yeah. um, knowing that I'm not alone. And I just think yeah. that's just so beautiful and helpful. And I love the work yeah. you do. It's beautiful. Well, one of the other people who've
1: really in- helped in, uh, inform my sessions probably in the last five, six years is a guy called Jeff Brown. Um, oh, and yes. he yeah. he really... Um, brought to me the awareness of spiritual bypass and just not how to do that bullshit. Like yeah. I absolutely believe in symbols and synchronicity, but I think doing that throwaway line, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes is bullshit. Like okay. you know, sometimes not everything happens for a reason. Um, yes. And you know, sometimes the reason something happens is to challenge us and for us to step up our personal growth. Yeah. Um, and so you know. I I like being magical and spiritual and all of that but I I don't do spiritual bypass. I'm not going to gloss over something if you're avoiding a, the the lesson on something or if you're refusing to see something. Um yeah. or if you've got a blind spot, I'm not going to rip the band-aid off, but I'll say, you know, hey, have you thought about this or the other perspective? Um so yeah.
0: Yeah, you're good at um actually, you know, you are pretty um blunt (laughs) sometimes but i just i I love i love and i hate the reviews on
1: on facebook they're all like oh my god julia's amazing so much clarity blah 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 and she's blunt and like i you know i'm not always like that like if i have somebody and they're extremely fragile like i'm going to be fragile with them i'm not going to rip off the band-aid because they're at rock bottom so i i gauge the person I mean, you're somebody who I, you know, probably first session could have ripped the Band-Aid off with because that that's who you are. But, you know, I had a 25-year-old girl the other day. She's blindly in love with somebody. And so she's not ready to hear that they're not going to be together. And so you've got to meet people where they're at. You know, it's mm. like when you talk to, say, a 19- or a 20-year-old and you're talking to them about moving out, they've never done it. So they can't cons- – they're like, oh, yeah. Moving out is going to be great, you know. They don't have to pay the bills. They don't have to do that stuff. So you can only meet people where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do love reading for younger people. Oh uh, yeah, like teenagers. Yeah, or, like um, I've had quite. I have quite a few parents who will bring their fourteen or fifteen-year-old. Um, yeah. They don't come into the room, but I can meet that fourteen-year-old or fifteen-year-old where they're at and give them. Um, the knowledge that, you know, they need, excuse me. <clears throat> um, yeah. But I remember once I had a 14-year-old guy come in, and he's sitting down, he's asking me, you know, am I going to have a career, I'm going to get married, have kids, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, do you have any questions? And he sat there and he crosses his arms and he's like, well, my relationship with my dad is really shit. Like, why is that and how, how can I correct that? And I'm like, well, why is it your fault, first of all? But just an amazing awareness from a 14-year-old.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, and I told him why his relationship with his dad well, you know, is what it is and how to navigate it. And he's like, oh, okay, so I don't have to do anything. I'm like, no, he's the parent, you're the child. So, you know, I love bringing, bringing awareness to a wide variety of people.
0: Yep. What well, would you say is the hardest part of the work you do?
1: Oh, I alluded to it just earlier, giving people bad news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've, I'm human. I've I've been to readings where I'm in love with a guy and they're like, oh, you're going to break up in six weeks. And it's like, no, we're going to have great sex. I'm going to cook for him. I am going to prevent this from happening. Six weeks later we break up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, telling people the hard stuff, it is really hard. Um, you know, when somebody comes in and they're extremely shut down, I think in reading for, what, 25 years or whatever it is, in that period of time, I think there's six, maybe seven people who I've said, I, I won't read for you. That's hard. But I also okay. have to trust my body and my intuition. And sometimes it's because just their energy is just so shut down and I just can't read them. And sometimes yeah. it's um, because I can't read them. Like I get nothing. Mm. Um. So, yeah. That, that that's the hardest part and the other thing is too there's such a high expectation i've got to be right i've got to have names i've got to have birth dates yeah, like yeah you got to get everything right and i still this story i have an ob-gyn and i went in for a pap smear and she fucked it up so badly i, I can't even go there but i still go to her because she's still a really good doctor yeah i now not go to my ob for for that stuff but there's a very very high expectation and I will have people come to me and they will have listened to their last reading because they can record it and they'll go well you said this was going to happen and this was going to happen and this all did but this and this didn't and so because I'm so super sensitive that can be really hard but my cognitive mind can go well they changed direction this happened this happened you know whatever but I think the worst part is the the, the massive expectation about having to be right and knowing that people are going to listen to a reading three weeks, three months, six months down the track and sort of tick off the list. So um, yeah. and this is what I was saying, you know, when people say to me, oh, you said this was going to happen but it didn't or it did but it was like six months after you said. I'm just like, you know, yeah. But it's a the good thing the
0: about bad. like spirit doesn't recognise time or something? You can't really. It really think- doesn't. Yeah. And
1: I've had sessions before. I remember this about six years ago. I had a woman come in and I said, oh, this is going to happen to your son and this and this and this in about a year's time. And she said to me, that's why I'm here. It's happening now. So oh. sometimes timeframes are, like, really interesting. So then mm. I have to go, okay, if that's happening now, by the way, if I look around, I'm reading, um, if that's <laughs> happening now, what's going to happen next? And so, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so with with all the other stuff you're doing, like um, you know, you're you're doing a lot of ancestral work. I mean, I love your Instagram. An, an,
1: an, ancestral medicine, um yes. and all of that is just—it's been so life affirming for me, and it's a—it's an area of life that nobody talks about. Mm. You yeah. know, um, for example, you know. When somebody dies, particularly if they're in hospital, you're allowed to take them home for three days and spend time with the body. In our modern age, we go, "Ooh, you know, I don't want to spend time with a dead body. But you have to understand that's what we've done for thousands of years. I mean, it's only in the last 100, 150 years of modern medicine um, that, you know, The nurse comes in, ushers the family out, starts cleaning up the body. You know, sorry, it's graphic, but it's true. They come in and super glue the eyes to keep them closed. They just go into get the body ready for funeral mode. And so, this is where I think a lot of people struggle with grief these days. They don't get to sit with it when it matters. Sitting with a, a dead body is very confronting. And you know, it is extremely emotional, but that's the point. It's not yes, to get your grief out in 24 hours while you're with the body, but it yeah. helps you psychologically and emotionally going, oh, this person has really gone. Yeah. It's so yeah. clinical these days, isn't it? Very clinical. And the funeral industry, there was the... There was the most eye-popping stuff was just learning about the funeral industry, um, the contracts and the deals they do with hospitals, with hospices, um, yeah. you know, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but it's very, very rich work.
0: Yes, yes. And it's and I love that um, you're very much into ritual, which I think, you know, we've moved so, as a society, we've moved so far away from So far
1: away from it. I mean, exactly. our rituals these days are down to Easter, Christmas and birthday.
0: Yeah.
1: And so yeah. Um, I'm running a couple of retreats next year. One of them is centred on ritual and ceremony um, and, you know, how to build it. Like, you know, you don't just light a candle. The candle's got to be dressed and it has to be blessed. Like there's, you know, significant stuff that we have just lost Um, I just, and this is an example, I just found out yesterday that Netflix in the US has a new feature where if you want to binge watch a series, they will cut out huge chunks of it so you can watch a whole series in a short period of time. What's the point? But the point is, is that our life has become so fast that really that's an option. Like yeah, spending time, great. tending to self-care, t- spending time with the body, having meaningful conversations—like we've lost that. And I think, okay. you know, yeah, we're losing connection to ourselves and with each other.
0: Even, um, you know, rites of passage for young young kids coming through. Yeah. I mean, so important yeah. for them to, to to you know go into um, manhood, young womanhood with with some understanding of this stuff because it's it's a crazy world right now yes you know because of that and I think um there are a lot of people like yourself that are bringing that all back into um you know consciousness now which is great and yeah we need to see more of it I think yes and slow down a bit we're all just so
1: slow down it's the biggest thing like Um, you know dumb example but I've been grappling for a year like should I get a Thermomix because everyone's got them I don't want to freaking cook my veggies the meat and whatever else at the same time I want three saucepans going and clean them up like we've lost the joy of even cooking
0: I just make smoothies in mine so you know I spend a lot of money on that well, I've got a Vitamix. I just because right. all I do is make smoothies. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: But I think I slowing down, you know, doing a twenty-minute ritual every morning.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: whether it's just doing a chant, um, prayer, meditation. You know, it does in my head when people say, "Oh, I'm going to go and do a silent retreat." You don't need a silent retreat. You need to be stuck in a room with ten people and talk to them and feel
0: connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is great. There's a lot going on, um, a lot of changes. We're all adapting yeah. to, and I imagine you know. I love your Insta feeds and your stories um, in particular because, you know, you are you are very vulnerable too. Like you, you do like, share yeah. a lot, and um, I know for a really sensitive person because I'm Pisces Sun, you're a Pisces Moon. We can feel a little bit, oh, my God, I've overtold over shit. <laughs> but it's also so but beautiful. But I can
1: post something and go, oh, fuck, what was I thinking? And then I'll get, like, 18 messages like, oh, my God, like I thought it was yeah. just me and my family.
0: No, I know. So yeah.
1: it's- And that's what I also love about the sessions is normalising something. Like if I, have a, if I have a woman or a guy actually who've come in and they're like, you know, I'm happily married but we haven't had sex for four years, we'll, we'll talk about that. And, you know, they love each other dearly but they've lost that. And so with, you know, body psychotherapy, I can weave in stuff into that. I can't do a psychotherapy session but I can normalise a lot of stuff that goes on for people because it is normal.
0: Yeah, it is. And that's why you know, that's, you're not just a reader. You 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 cover a lot of things, you, you give people some guidance, you give um, so you know, there's things that I couldn't see that you showed me this is actually happening, Jay. And it was hard to hear, but but once I got to that, when it when it out when it played out, I was yeah. like, I'm really glad that you told me that because it it forewarned me and forearmed me. Um, and I was able to adapt to the situation and respond in a better way because of being forewarned. So I just think, yeah, very grateful. Could have been I a lot worse. A few
1: years ago, I was at a working at a healing clinic in um, Brisbane, and I remember the owner said one day. I just want to, you know, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So-and-so is going to be here and she's going to run reception. By the way, she's not angry at you anymore. I was like, why why is she angry at me? And apparently in the session, and by the way, I don't remember a lot of sessions. I just don't. And actually sometimes, thank God, I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, apparently I said to this girl, your boyfriend's going to break up with you in six months. It's going to be hell. Here's here's how you're going to break up, but here's how you can handle it. So she walked out and went, oh. She's so full of shit. We're getting married. We're having kids. We're not splitting. Anyway, what happened was is that they did split, and she ran to her recording, like, did she even pick this up? And what I did her is some steps to cope with. And so when I saw her, I was like, hi. I didn't mention the reading, but it really affirmed for me, this would have been six, seven years ago, just to trust with whatever comes in and that's what I teach people in the psychic development class like you don't have to know what's coming or why but if you get that message or that feeling you owe it to the other person because that's what they need or want to hear
0: yeah I was blown away by that course that, that you offered and
1: I love teaching that course
0: I know you do I can tell <laughs> And it, and it's such a um, for somebody who's a student of it, you know. And I didn't think I had any abilities whatsoever. And and then when you actually give us, um, you know, a, a chance to actually tap into it, yeah, it's just surprising. It's so surprising and so wonderful too. I was like, really, because I think most people
1: think it's a clear picture. It's a big, loud voice. Like that. That's not how intuition operates. It can be subtle and. It can be symbolism and images and, you know, all of that type yep. of stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, we're up. 30 minutes is gone. It just flies. <laughs> it, just goes like it does that. fly. But I, I want to thank you for um, saying yes to talk to me, my love. I know you're a busy woman and I do appreciate it. And um, Thank you for inviting me. Well, that's okay. I'll leave links and everything for people who want to connect with Julia and um, She's beautiful. She's honest. She's real, and um, she's just a very heart-centered human. And I really love you, dearly, and appreciate that I've I've love got you in my mother- Thanks, honey. Thanks very much. Lovely. Have a wonderful Thank day. You. Thank you so same- much.